Welcome to the StoryCraft Cafe. Come in, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and get ready to join the storytelling conversation. StoryCraft Cafe is brought to you by Dabble, the ultimate cloud-based fiction writing software. Here we're going to bring together storytellers from all walks to encourage and empower you to craft your best story. Well, here we are at the conclusion of our Write a Novel in 60 Days with Dabble Challenge. If you've joined in with us along the way, we're now at the end. Uh, Some of us achieved our 50,000 word goal. Some of us not so much. But what did we learn from this experience? That's really what I'm interested in. Did we become better writers throughout the challenge? Did we create new habits that will go with us into the future? We dig all into that today on this episode of the StoryCraft Cafe podcast. Be sure to stay tuned with us. Go to storycraft.cafe and follow along because there is an amazing community of writers there that are continuing on this journey and getting those words out each and every day. We have more challenges coming after the first of the year, so be sure to go over and create a free account at storycraft.cafe so that you can know when more of these challenges are coming along. Let's listen in now to our uh, final hangout of this initial challenge, and uh, I hope that you got all the words that you were trying to get this challenge. Hey, and we are live on our final uh, show of this 60-day writing challenge uh, check-in with uh, with our Josh Hayes, Ian Garner, Lauren Moore, and uh, Amy Hale couldn't join us tonight. She got stuck at work and sent, uh, sent her regards to everyone, but we are here on the very last day of November to talk about how we did man <laughs> first of all can you believe not only is it the last day of november but can you believe that it's december of 2022 already no. what i still think it's the 1990s half the time <laughs> <laughs> i saw a meme the other day that was like we are as close to 1980 now as the 50s were when i was born or some like weird number like that and i'm like i don't like to think of it like that like the 50s is a completely other life to me and, wow yeah uh, math that's, that's insane insane hello to everyone over in the uh in the chat uh, tonight, thanks for joining us, uh, Keo and Kate and Jen, and uh, I think I saw some other folks. Uh, thanks for joining us, Stephanie. Glad to have you all with us tonight. We uh, we're going to recap this crazy sixty-day writing challenge that we have that are we are closing out today. Um, you know, I said all along that we were kind of pantsing this challenge as a kind of a wink to to everyone to to let everyone know that we didn't exactly have a plan of how this was going to go but boy have we learned a lot during this writing challenge and i'm going to be putting my thoughts together over the next week or so and i'm going to publish some some blog posts and talk about the things that we learned and things that we might 
um, do differently going forward or things that we definitely will be repeating as we go forward. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like trying something out to see how you feel about it. Um, so uh, yesterday I clocked in at 50,000 words. I think um, total for the month I am at 50,330. Um, I think I have one more scene that I can write late tonight to kind of close out. So I'm, I'm probably going to close out the month at 51 and a half thousand or so. Um, give or take, how, how are you guys doing? Uh, well, considering I didn't write for the majority of this month, I call look, I call this a win. I got, I'm, I'm right at 20,000, I think for the novel. Um, I'm on, you were on your deathbed a week ago. I, I mean, yes, I was, um, uh, you know, I'd had, I was laying on the ground with the SOS flag in my chest, like, please help me. Um, but no, I'm at I'm at twenty thousand words um, written. That doesn't count the um, planning words. So all say, how many pre-writing words did you? Grand have? total, probably about uh, probably about fifty fifty five grand total uh, between planning and actual draft words. Yeah. Um, and I just uh, this week is the first week that I haven't been in ridiculous amounts of pain and uh, haven't been popping painkillers like nobody's business. Um, so I, I made really good progress this week. Um, still nowhere near what I sh- needed to be at, but I still consider it a win. Uh, the story starting to flow. Um, the, I don't know if you guys have experienced this when you're writing a series. Um, the, the first book in my series, a lot of things happened and there wasn't a lot of time, what I call breathing room for the characters to breathe and kind of get to know each other because the author, you know, the characters, but the characters don't know each other, especially if they've been thrown into to some things. And so there's some bridge things that need to happen at the beginning of this book where they, they have some breathing room and they can kind of share some, some personal information with each other. And I don't want to go get carried away with that, but, um, there's some of those chapters that are in this book that I've been working through and I've been taking a lot of time to make sure I'm not repeating myself. <laughs> and and so it's, it's like I write, you know, a couple of scenes and then I go back and I reread the previous scenes to make sure that I haven't repeated dialogue or, or ideas or statements. Um, and that's taken a lot of time to, to mesh that out. Um, and now I'm on uh, basically what starts the events in, in, uh, f- the second book proper. And so now all the events that I've outlined will just go bang, 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 bang. And so now that the challenge is over, I can start to write. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is this, uh, this book is going to be your two towers. Uh, what? <laughs> all of those what exciting incidents have happened yeah. now. It's the, it's yeah. the, this is going to be the introspective. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Into your <clears throat> yeah. I get it. I get it. You know, this, that that's the interesting thing about series especially is um the ebbs and flows that you have in in narrative style that you know that first book is really setting the stage for a lot of things and then you you've got to do some character work you've got to make those connections to make people want to follow these characters into a third book and yeah beyond hopefully yeah and I appreciate uh, in the chat, uh, Kayo and and Kate. Thank you very much for your support. I I really appreciate it. It's been a really uh, it's been a blast being able to hang out with everybody and and 
share and and see the what everybody's going through in the in the chat and all that stuff. So, uh, Hanka, I I know this is our last show. I'm sure we're going to do more, but uh, I I appreciate the invite to to be a part of it. It was really fun. So so happy that that you joined us. Um, that all of you joined us. But this has been so much fun. Um, for sure. Lauren, <laughs> how's it going, buddy? It's going well. Okay, it's not written at all. But well, first I- <laughs> off, you, last week um, you had a house full of company. Um, That's true. How, That's true. How did that? Uh, how did how did the the holiday and the all the entertaining and and all that? How did that affect your um, your output? Yeah. So or your your time to sit and think alone. Oh, okay. So my <laughs> house is Nana's house and I, I'm her housekeeper, her um, live-in caregiver, and we're kind of the center of the family. So we had family in and out visiting. We are around. the hub. We are the hub. Yes. We are. We have the guest rooms. Uh, we have the space where, where the family comes for, for meals. And that was the past like week and a half which was kind of like the holiday I'd always dreamed of, right? Of having this big, long extended ha- holiday with people coming in and out and being able to entertain and host. Um, but it also happened to be during NaNoWriMo, the same kind of month and the same kind of time. Um, so yeah, we did a lot of family time and I did find it hard to focus, particularly on like creative endeavors with editing you know, you just put in the time and you get the pages done. Uh, and if I need to, like, I need to get in and maybe, maybe do some rewriting or some, like, coming up with a different way the scene could play out, like, more creative side, then I have to shut the door. And I, maybe I have to put on my headphones and really kind of block out the rest of the world to just be able to focus. Uh, so this month really made me just in all of you authors out there. <laughs> <laughs> who do this create this creative endeavor endeavor on the regular and able to come come up with new things, fresh things, even while there's kind of this like chaos swirling around you, people in and out. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up um, the the difference in writing and editing because it, for for those that don't know your day job, you're an editor. You mm. you, you literally edit people's words for a living. Um, is is that a different mental space when you're editing someone else's words? Because you you do have to be focused and and pay attention and and uh, you know kind of uh, in, enmesh yourself into their story. But is that is that a different part of your brain that engages writing than editing? Yeah, different part of your brain, even like a different mental state that you're in. Um, I'm really um, focused and kind of using a rational side of my brain um, to to read someone else's words and first to kind of hear the voices that are going on and to pick up what the words are trying to say. And then I'm using another kind of analytical part to figure out how to make it uh, even better, like to polish it up. Um, so it, it feels like it's kind of at the front of my headspace when I'm I'm getting into the words like that. But uh, to step back and to kind of create from nothing, you know, imagining up from absolutely nothing, these characters, who they are, what they look like, what they're doing, how they're feeling, uh, what they're hearing, how they're interacting with the environment. Um, that, that is one obstacle. 
And then if I can keep at it and I can keep writing and then the words start flowing and you get into that flow state, which you really want to kind of push towards, uh, then that's like another side of your brain, um, which hopefully, you know, I can experience more often, <laughs> get to more often. <laughs> uh, but that's not at all editing, not even a little bit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, so here at the end of November, how, how's it looking? I've got most of the plot, like the, the big ideas there. I'm very excited about my characters and the conflict. I want to get into the world. I want to, you know, carve out my space, my time in, during my schedule to make it happen. Um, I, I've been looking over my notes post Thanksgiving and I feel like Gandalf in that meme, like, I do not remember this place. I have no memory of this place. Yes. Yes. So I was looking over my dabble notes, which are very well organized. Thanks to dabble. I love it. But I need to like reread all of these. And then um, yesterday I was getting back into writing, getting back into character and it was a slog, but I feel encouraged that I can keep at it, that I've been able to, you know, figure out that if I just keep at it just a little bit every day, uh, keep working at it, then I'll get there, uh, which our viewers in the chat are saying, thank you, Kate and Kayo for your, and Stephanie for your encouragement of each other. Cause I'm reading those encouragements going, that's what I need to do too. Just keep at it. Absolutely. You know, I, I said um, a while back that the 50,000 words is an arbitrary number that, uh, and, and I, I don't really know how NaNoWriMo came up with that number. Um, I'm sure there was some logic behind it. And I know that there are a number of very famous novels that are that clock in right about 50,000 words. Um, the Great Gatsby comes to mind uh, immediately and, and a number of others. Um, and I know it's a it's a goal for, you know, there are publishable novels that come in at, at this number. Um, but to me, the goal has always been to, to wind up at the end of November with forward momentum that, um, mm. you know, that, that you have created a habit and that there's, there's some steam behind you. And, you know, that, that to me, that, that success at the end, that, that you, you see um, an achievable goal at the end and you're moving forward. And so, so 50,000 words, that's a fun goal. Mm. And, you know, but, it kind of doesn't. It kind of doesn't mean, you know, everything. But anyway, Ian, how you doing, buddy? Well, I'm making it. Yeah. Yeah. So when we last chatted, you had, um, you had a problem with your, uh, with your antagonist, and yeah. and it was kind of, it kind of had you in a in a quagmire in your story and oh, we'll good talk word. through some, some options there. How, how's that going? First off, uh, I feel like I have overcome that hurdle, which is nice because I was immediately able to pick up some steam and get a lot of momentum going. Uh, once I, I jumped over that, that little obstacle, uh, not the word count I had set for myself, but I am pleased with where I ended up. And I am more pleased that I know exactly where to go now. Uh, I have a more clear roadmap uh, for the weeks ahead. I think, you know, I won't be so ambitious as to say I'll be done with it by New Year's Eve, but I would love to be. 
And uh, I think that's a realistic goal, but you know, we'll see. Gotcha. Um, I will say that um, planning using the month of October to really plan um, helped me to achieve my goal. Um, even though I, I don't know that. Um, I don't Are you know saying that plotting helped you, Hank? Mm-hmm. Is it? I mean, that's what I'm hearing. That's that's, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's that's I, that, these ones are connected. That's that's what I heard. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I feel like my story has grown and is diverging from from the plan that I originally laid out. But mm. I will say that the plan helped me to to see that in a weird way I, I had to have that plan so that i could kind of unlock the other possibilities if that i know that doesn't make any sense at all Can but you- if you were using the correct word which would be plot <clears throat> then, <laughs> then uh then it would make a lot more sense <clears throat> yeah, yeah 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 you can use it yeah. uh, you, you can use it it's I fine we'll allow it yeah, the plotting helped you find the story. <laughs> Kia, do not encourage them. They don't, they don't need encouragement. Yeah, yes, it it helped me. Okay, plotting helped me. I'll I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. Okay, you won. Okay, are you happy? Hey, that's this whole challenge is. I mean, it's that that was my goal. This whole I didn't even want to write. I just wanted to convince you of that one thing, and so now success. Okay. Well, <laughs> in the mail. Wait, so you got me to plot and write for this? Yes. We were all roped in to get Hank. That's yeah. I mean, this is all a ploy. It's all a ploy. <laughs> I plotted this out in September so I could make it happen in October and November. Brilliant. You just made me think it was my idea. Yeah, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's how it all. That's how it works. That's how it works. Oh, that's hilarious. I wrote you like one of my characters. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, what did your characters do to you? How'd they like change things around for you with that story of yours? You know, um, well, I, I, I kind of planned out um, the the murder that that is the mystery, uh, the mystery of of who done it and why is still the same murder, um, but there are some character motivations that have mm. grown, and and I have while initially I had, um, I had some flashback scenes. That that I thought covered the characters' motivations, and they were just brief kind of flashbacks. I then, as, as I got to writing that and used that time to to plan out, I started seeing other possibilities of how I could really draw out um, those flashback scenes. Mm. And so, my eighty thousand word novel is probably going to be closer to a hundred now because I just think there's so much texture that I can add to those flashback scenes that um, that are uh, not only going to make this book better, but subsequent books that I already see um, in the future 
will the the things that I can add here will inform those and just make a a bigger world, if you will. Ooh. So I'm I'm trying to be cagey about it because yeah. I, you know don't want to overpromise. Well, I don't want to overpromise, but I also am I'm still figuring out a couple of things and and so I I don't want to jinx yeah. myself. But but yes, what what I've that planning time just really allowed me to to open up to all sorts of possibilities. It, are you, it's really interesting the way that happened. Are because you planning you think, on oh, you think writing by the seat of your pants, you're just taking inspiration as it comes and you're just open to to whatever flies your way. And the reality is the longer I sat and thought about it, the more possibilities opened up. And mm. anyway. And yeah, it's a, and new it's a ideas, lot of woo-woo. new connections. And then it took your plot in a different direction. Yes. Yeah, I was just talking about the same thing with a friend today, um, a poet out in Wyoming, a border security patrolman. Um, he was talking about Stephen King's book on writing yeah. and how he compares plotting or discovery writing, plotting to um, being an archaeologist and kind of digging away in the dirt and uncovering a, a skeleton and one thing leads to another leads to another and I'm Oh yeah, that's that's how it feels a lot of the time, and that's what it sounds like. You did some of that thinking for a month, and the more you think, the more you found out new aspects to the plot, and it took you in a direction you didn't expect. Yeah, and it's continuing to take me in places I didn't expect because mm -hmm. of that time that I spent thinking about it. Um, it it is I like as I'm writing a scene, I'm I'm drawing in pieces that I've already kind of worked through in my brain and, and just allowing for new possibilities to come about. So, or maybe not new possibilities, but new ways to add texture and layer um, to it is probably a better, um, a better way to explain that. Yeah. So do you think taking your book from 50,000 words to a hundred thousand will give you the freedom and the space to follow that new? Plot? Yes. Yes. I found yeah. that to be true. Um, uh, just today, I was working on this chapter. I, I mean, it's it's interesting. We mentioned the fifty thousand word mark, and I used to have problems getting to the fifty thousand word mark, and now I have problems staying under the hundred thousand word mm -hmm. mark. Just just because of writing muscles grow, and you learn different things that you can do in your stories, and and now talking about kind of plotting and then diverging and then changing things. One of the the scenes that I was writing today. Um, is basically it's super simple. They meet this weapons dealer and they're they're buying weapons. They're putting in an order for these uh, weapons. Um, but I was wanting to add more conflict to the scene because they're basically they're just sitting in a restaurant and the dealer comes up. They talk to the dealer and they leave. Um, and I wanted more tension in the scene. I want the two main characters, one as a spy, one as a soldier, to have conflict because they're both going to do. Uh, something completely different than the other person would have done it, right? Mm. Um, but this wasn't in my outline. Like in my outline, I had a, a very brief argument about that's not the way we play the game, but I didn't have how that argument would go or what they were even going to be arguing about. And that just came to me kind of naturally and it took the scene in a different place and ended the scene in a different place than I thought it was going to end and added like 500 words to the scene. Um, but it was real, 
really good uh, conflict that is natural between both, and it's an interesting thing to say see both play off each other. Um, but those, like you're saying, like uh, some of those things weren't plotted out, they weren't planned out, and they just kind of happened naturally. And I, I, that's the kind of stuff I love to see in my scenes. Well, it doesn't happen usually on the major plot points, but on really like on small things like this where they might have had the conflict, they might not have had the conflict. That really doesn't affect like the big picture things of the book, but having it in there builds the character more. Um, and that's the stuff that I like finding out just that it just comes to me. Um, and then I put up a, a funny bit in it. it <clears throat> the dude's eating like jalapeno cheese poppers, <laughs> this, like relatively upscale bar or restaurant. Right. And <clears throat> the other, the other guy's like really poppers like, and he's just having a time eating these poppers. And at the end of the scene, I have the waiter come up and ask him if he wants more poppers. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Bring me more poppers. And I was like, okay, that I hadn't planned on putting that in there, but I'm going to leave it because I like the way that ends the scene. Nice. <laughs> we had jalapeno poppers for Thanksgiving. Ooh. Like hand, like you made them, like handmade, like homemade, or did you like store bought them and then? Because my wife does like homemade lasagna, but she'll like buy the Stouffer's box, throw the Stouffer's box out, put the lasagna in the oven, brings it out of the oven, and goes homemade lasagna for everybody. And I'm like, you can't. That's not how it works. Like, yes, you made it at home, but that doesn't mean that it's homemade lasagna. <laughs> Uh, my father-in-law grows his own peppers, so that's about Ooh. as homemade as I can get them. Uh, nice. I brown the sausage and cream cheese and uh, mix that together. Uh, core out the jalapenos, slice them in half, add it all together, bake it. Man. Our Thanksgiving yeah. part, part two involved bacon-wrapped dates. Nice. And I know we had the neighbors over. I know we had family, and we had the table covered with food. But that's the only thing I remember that was on the table because it was that good. Like it just washed all the memories of the other foods away. Bacon wrapped dates. So good. That's crazy. Bacon wrapped dates. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, bacon wrapped anything. Bacon. Yeah, facts. facts. Bacon wrapped <laughs> bacon. Yeah. How do we get to talking about bacon and poppers? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for me, December is going to be a lot like November in that I'm going to keep pushing forward and try to finish this book at, at some point um, because I threw a lot of words together and it's, it's following a fairly cohesive narrative. Um, but and I'll, I'm going to say one more nice thing about plotting. Um, <laughs> hold on. I got to turn up my headphones. Hold on. <laughs> We're ready. I wrote some scenes out of order. <gasps> I know. Oh. I know. I know. But because I knew that I would use this scene later down the road and it was on my mind at the time when I couldn't necessarily, I don't want to say couldn't get motivated to write a certain scene, but, but this other one was just top of mind. It just wanted to come out and I just went ahead and wrote it. And, and it doesn't exactly follow what I had written previously, but I know that it will be useful, um, you know, but I could only do that because I plotted Plotting. It's very interesting you make that point, Hank. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. It's bizarre. Very, that's what it yeah. is. 
bizarre. Yeah. It was like one method of breaking through your writer's block. Nice. You know? One you know, of the like, things I like doing about writing out of order is sometimes though the writing out of order scenes helps you learn a little bit more about the character that you wouldn't have known originally. And then you can true. take that fundamental knowledge of the character and weave that into Back. the uh, opening scenes. Because when you first start a book, you really don't know the characters that you're, I mean, you do like fundamentally yeah. you do, but you really don't know them until you get through the book. Um, and so a lot of the, the, the initial scenes, uh, the initial chapters, a lot of times will get changed um, sometimes wholesale and mm. uh, because it, it doesn't fit what the character needed or what, what I found out about the character later. Um, yeah. It was all part of my team. Yeah. Right. It's all part of my plan. Brilliant. If I had a longer mustache, I'd be twirling it right now. <laughs> Hank, are you planning on doing audio, audio books with your book yes. later on down the line? Yes. You have to nowadays. The, yeah. the audio is literally the fastest growth market in publishing. So if you don't do audio books, you're just leaving money on the table. For That's, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard that the 100,000 word books uh, translate into more listening hours, which people... <laughs> look for and evaluate when they have one credit per month to select. Well, a yeah. Book. Yeah. Because I'll do that. I'll, as I'm scrolling through Amazon or through audible, if, um, if I see something that catches my eye, but it's only five or six hours, I'll, even though that story really intrigues me, I'll skip over it and go find something Absolutely. else. I, mm. that, that is 100% a thing that happens. But we have seen some friends do free free books on Audible, yeah. like the, their specials, and then that book gets advertised through Audible and kind of pushed into people's phones. And uh, it's a great way to create exposure. But you have to be able to pay for all, creating all that content and giving it away for free, which is most of us can't do. Yeah, yeah. There's That, that needs to be um, um, a session that we do soon. Uh, yeah. All about Get Steve and Rhett on. <laughs> Yes. If, if they'll talk about it. Hmm. Well, and if you get into the audio, I've got a couple of books and books in the uh, audio premium category uh, or, or catalog rather. Yeah. Um, and those are kind of like the KDP versions. You can listen to them for free um, and the author gets paid. Um, I don't know if we get paid per listen. So, uh, something weird um, with the contract. I, I can't remember, but the listener gets it for free. And then they go. Mm. They can they can listen to the book. In this case, it's a it's a book bundle of book one and two at Terra Nova. And then if they like it, they can obviously buy three and four. So obviously, it it, it positively affects sales because you're giving free books, and then people go and buy them. So it's, it, there is some avenues, but there on Audible, it's it's uh it's not as easily done as it is on on Amazon, where you could you know you they give you those uh free days and acx does some things too i mean getting in the weeds of business and all that stuff but it's not it definitely should be easier i think yeah 100 percent um lauren you mentioned steve a minute ago steve bowyer um was the very first guest on our storycraft cafe podcast so ah. 
Yeah. Uh, and we talk a little bit about audiobooks in there and and kind of uh, how Athon has positioned themselves, especially in that industry. And um, we do discuss that on that podcast. And hmm. and Steve is going to be coming on to do some stuff with us next year that we'll talk about later. We've got some stuff brewing. That's, uh, mysteries. Mysteries. Yeah. So uh, I think. Josh are you are you plotting that? Or are you planning that? Or ah! are you just uh, winging it? You're just going to wing that, I assume. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the look, the look he gave you could burn through the camera. Uh, <laughs> so did, did you guys learn anything about your writing habits um, this month? Like for me, I learned um, that if I'm going to sit down every day and, and, and write, for a specific purpose, um, mornings are generally better for me, uh, especially when things are quiet. When Noah gets up, gets up, goes to school before our granddaughter comes in the afternoon, a lot of days and spends time with Nana and Papa. And, you know, when the, the morning hours are usually the best for me and not because I'm, I feel more fresh in the morning or anything like it, just because it's quiet mm -hmm. and, and I can, control the chaos the way I want it. Um, what about y'all? Have y'all found that there's a particular time or place or um, that works best for you? I know morning works well for me. But yeah. <laughs> that's why when I wake up in the morning, you know, do my devotions and then I, I get to it and I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll just get my work done. I'll be so productive in the morning and I'll get it mm. done and I'll get it done real nice and early. Uh, and then it's like, yeah, three o'clock, four o'clock and I'm still <laughs> finishing up the project. And I'm like, well, oh, this didn't go as planned. Um, so yeah, I think I'm still needing to figure that out. Um, you know, I've tried some like dividing up my day um, with some exercise in the middle. I've tried some, yeah, I've tried different things. So I've always found the, the 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 actual creative side of working for me always is best in the morning. Um, uh, oddly enough, when I wake up in the morning, I already have coffee, and so I get my coffee and I sit in front of the computer, and my mind is all like, Bleh, and I'm drinking coffee, and that's when I get my best words. Nice. Is when my mind is like half awake, but the coffee is flowing. If I've got a coffee cup in my hand, the words are like, <laughs> as soon as the coffee runs out, I'm like, but I'm like shaking at the same time. Like, uh, um, but uh, so, and I do work for Athon too, and um, that work is also creative, but in, in, a, in a kind of a different context. But I always, always do my creative work stuff first hmm. um and one thing i might suggest lauren is flip-flopping a little bit and while you're working on your this kind of book project like instead of doing your editorial work or that that work first do like an hour of writing hmm. and then and then go because the editing stuff all that stuff you i mean uh, again like at the beginning of the show it works different muscles it 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 doesn't drain the creativity that your brain needs to create something out of nothing, right? And so if you can sit down and knock out the nothing, the creative words first, and then you can transition because the editing, the work is there. You don't have to create anything. You've just got to 
think of the different thing. I'm not an editor, but you've got to think of the, you know, does this word right? Is that word right? But it's completely different creative juices. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and so your mind functions on a different level when you're doing that. And also you've been doing it for so long, your mind not, might not even have to work as hard to do it. And so the creative work in the writing, getting that and even just an hour done before you move over there, you might have a little bit more success in generating that content than waiting until you get the actual work done. That mm. could, could be a try it. Yeah. One thing I've discovered is if you choose to to do writing, uh, there will always be work waiting for you at the end. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> work will always be there. Always. <laughs> Kate said in the chat that she's much more creative later in the evening. I used to be like that, too. I used to like be able to work at like 10, 11, midnight and one o'clock. Now, if I'm up past 930, something's wrong. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like that old guy that's like, is it 7.30 yet? Let's put the kids to bed. Yeah. You sound like a school teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. School Teacher, how, how, how have you discovered where is your slot that, that, that you found in your day? Um, so I'm a masochist, apparently. <laughs> uh, this show took a really drastic turn, Hank. Uh, yeah, did. So um, what I found is that I'm really creative in the middle of the day. And you might say, well, Ian, you teach school all throughout the day. So how does this work? Um, I'll teach the mechanics of the lesson, and then I'll basically turn the kids loose. And I'll say, okay. Now, you apply what I've just taught you, and you work independently or you work in small groups, and I go to my desk and I scurry and write four or 500 words at a time while they wow. then go loop around with them. And they're, they all ask, how's your book coming? I'm like, oh, I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> so I, <clears throat> I, I don't exactly have a slow-paced job. And uh, I'm usually exhausted when I come home from that. So I find the 10, 15 minutes every other hour to to put the words on paper. Um, probably not the best long-term plan, but it's what's worked for me so far. Hmm. I, I, and I, I find that um, I am addicted to the, the chaos and the stress of it all. It's like the adrenaline rush of I got eight different fires going at the same time and I'm addicted to putting them all out at the same time. So giving myself this extra challenge of, of uh, getting in like 500 words while dealing with all this other stuff. It's, it's kind of exhilarating. Wait until uh, you and Molly have a baby thrown into yeah. the mix. Uh, Looking yeah. Looking forward to that. Honestly, it's not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> We have a cat, you know. I feel like if I could do it with a cat. Oh, so, oh, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, yeah pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Josh, you're so, on fire tonight. Oh, on fire. Oh, fire. <laughs> These jokes. It's been a long two months. I've got four. Look, you put them in the closet, you get them a toy or something, they're fine for most of the day. <laughs> Just throw in some Five. cheese sticks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Another thing I wanted to ask you guys, um, some people hold their writing space um, as sacred, you know, then and they they create a space that when you sit down at your writing desk, you know, the the synapses automatically fire because you've, uh, you know, 
become accustomed to this is my writing space. And when I sit here, the words flow, you know, kind of a Pavlov's dog, you know, sort of thing. Um, and, and I'm a, I'm a little bit like that, but I also like to grab my laptop and, um, and because, you know, dabble sinks, you know, on the fly, I, I can grab my laptop and go sit outside on the patio, go, um, you know, go, sit out you know wherever and if it's especially if it's a beautiful day and there's something about the change of scenery that that opens up new possibilities in a story sometimes i don't know it's, it just makes me feel better um so while i definitely could fall into the pattern of coming to my desk and and that's my sacred writing space i like to kind of mix it up to um, and I, I've seen like on Facebook and stuff, Josh, you, you know, post pictures where you go sit out on your deck sometimes and, and write and, you know, just enjoy the fresh air. Um, that how, was how do you feel about that's... holding your writing space sacred versus just being able to go anywhere and write? I mean, I definitely love writing in my office. It's super chill. I've got a really nice sound system. I can turn it on and just blast it. Like, but nothing bothers me when I, especially the kids are at school. I can just be here yeah um i loved writing on the deck but now it's freezing and mm -hmm. i can't I, I i wear gloves and i mash like eight different keys at the same time and it's like well, a three-year-old bounding on the keyboard but um, if you lived in the south it'd be 65 today so who's wow. making ah, ah, mm -hmm. ah, i deserve that i deserve that plot a move down south josh that's it oh yeah definitely do that yeah for sure yeah, uh, I just go move in with Steve. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's. I, 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 I do. I, I, I like having. Look, now that I've I know Dabble and I've been using it, I absolutely love the app because, like you're saying, I can have it on my computer. I could put. It, I have it on my laptop. If I have the inkling, I can take it to a Starbucks or wherever, which I did this last week, and just sat and chilled. I didn't have to worry about it sinking anywhere. Um, or losing parts of the story or anything like that. Um, but uh, I, I really do like having a place where I can come and just sit and be in a comfortable space that I, I am used to being in. And I'm definitely the most creative there. Um, but of course it comes with a whole other set of distractions if I actually don't want to do it. <laughs> so um, I, I, I can do it either way. I just kind of have to be in the mood and it has to be nice outside. Yeah. What about you, Lauren? Well, you're reminding me that I have done some writing in a diners before. <laughs> and there's something about like, I came here to do this thing that yep. does mean I'm not doing other things like checking Facebook, you know, I'm right. here for this purpose. So I, I do it. And then at a diner, they just keep refilling that coffee cup like, oh. again and again and again and they and again bring it to you so that's kind of wonderful josh um, is over there just shaking <laughs> i'm like yes please can i have two <laughs> libraries are a good place i've done some writing outside that is great and actually there's this mansion that's very close to us you know related to the duponts Wow, editing's been really good. Yeah. <laughs> you can get a membership. And, and back when I was doing some um, romance, like historical romance novel writing, 
Yeah. I was like, I need to get a membership just so I can go in this mansion and sit in the corridor and, and write. Because I'd be in, it's kind of like Downton Abbey. I'd be in Downton Abbey while writing about a sort of Downton Abbey kind of feel. That would be cool. Oh, that's, that's a tax write-off. That's a write-off right there. That's research. Write-off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a thought. You know, there's there are different environments and kind of getting up and moving would also mean no one can ask you for this and that help. That they're just... One hundred percent. Just not there to be asked. So. Yep. True. True. <laughs> um, Ian, I know your writing is kind of mobile. Um, do you like it that way? Would you prefer, uh, you know, a sacred writing space if if that was available? It's interesting because when we started this thing, I was very uh, hell bent on just sitting in this room right here at this very te- at this very desk and writing this whole thing there. And I quickly realized that that was not the case. And I, I think I actually prefer the mobility that I've leaned into because, you know, yeah. um, if I tell myself that I can only write in this one room, with this one desk, I'm never going to get anything done because I'm never back here, you know, unless, oh, it's D&D night or we're doing the show. So if I only limit myself to that, it's just not going to get done. And once I found out that I was able to get the words in, in the classroom or sitting in the recliner or whatever. Um, I was like, okay. So that whole mental block I had at the beginning of having to do it here, I just realized that was bull crap. And <laughs> I, I enjoy uh, getting to do this wherever I am because I realize that it's like a mind never matter thing. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's there- very liberating. I used to do a lot of uh, dictation too, and I would go out and walk the neighborhood and then have the recording transcribed. And that <clears throat> that worked a couple of summers ago. I, I want to try to get back into it after the winter. Um, it, it worked really good. And you, you got out, you walk around the neighborhood for an hour, get your exercise, come back in, have Dragon transcribe what you've done, and then look at it and figure out what the hell I was talking about. And, and uh, you've got a couple instances where you're walking around – I was like trans. I was dictating like some kind of a torture scene or something, and then some, <laughs> ni- some nice lady's pushing her baby stroller up the. And so you've stopped talking for a minute, and you're like, "Oh, how are you? You have a very nice baby. Yes, thank you. It's good." And so then it comes through on the recording, and so you can see where I stopped, and then where I talked to the lady, and then then we go back into ripping fingernails off, and I'm like, "That's really weird." That's it's happening That's on this so funny. That's so funny. I'm glad you brought up the dictation because um, the the voice typing on most cell phones has gotten so good mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it, it, Dragon used to be a thing that that you would invest in um, if you were going to do that. And it was and then you had to train it. And, you know, and then as the years went on, it got better and better and better. And, you know, got uh, the the hurdles were, were lower and lower. Uh, but now you could just literally dictate on your cell phone and it's pretty good. It's um, fairly good. Yeah. When, if you dictate a scene, um, do you feel like it's a, a different flow state? You know, Lauren was talking about that, that flow state earlier where you're, you're just writing and it, the story's just coming through. Is it different when you're dictating it? I, I've dictated pieces of a scene here or there when I've just been like in the car and I had an idea and I want to get that down before I lose it. But I've never like just purposefully set out, you know, I'm going to dictate this entire scene while I walk the neighborhood or, or something. And um, 
I, it's, I, it's, I, it, I completely get it, but it feels a little disjointed to me still. It's very disjointed, and it takes a, a little bit of getting used to. Um, I, when I dictate, I don't do um, – I dictate what I call extremely rough drafts where there's okay. like – you got a Kevin J. Anderson type who who does all of his writing by dictation and transcription. I've read his book multiple times. He's He – sends it off to a transcriptionist they type it up so he's got punctuation in it he's got all of that stuff i don't do any of that i will i will talk out like a fight scene and say he punches here he kicks here he does this even if i have dialogue i'll go back and forth between the dialogue but i don't do any of the punctuation i don't do any of that and so when i get done with mine i'll have whatever 1800 words say of extremely rough words uh, and then Dragon transcribes that to me, and then I can go in and clean it up and edit it. It doesn't take very long, but it does take about 20, 30 minutes, depending on on how rough it is. Um, but the flow state is really different because it's really weird how the idea generation for story goes through your body, through your fingers, into your keyboard, and it feels so natural. You're like, oh, this is so great. And then you start, and you, then you like try to vocalize it. And you're like, I'm stupid. I don't know words. Like I, I'm, I know in this, in my mind what I'm wanting to say, but I can't like, it's not. And so that yeah. took a really long time to get over. And I had to get over the fact that it sounds stupid. Like if you listen to it, it sounds dumb. Right. But you, you have to get over that and then just, just talk your way. It's like telling yourself the story almost. Yeah. Right. And, and you tell yourself the story and that rough draft is down and then you can clean it up and then you have a fairly workable draft going forward. Um, I wish I was as good as Kevin J. Anderson, man, because uh, I can dictate 1800 words in like 30 minutes. Oh, um, yeah. And that's a phenomenal amount, like compared to what I can type. Cause I can only type like I do about 600 words in 20 minutes and I'll do sprints like that. And that's pretty good, but it's nowhere near what I could do if I actually focused on dictation. Well, I remember uh, a few years ago, Chris Fox had, had his write 5,000 words. Oh, for hour. sure. Yeah. And, and, and that was, that was one of his huge, um, you know, tricks was to dictate a, a lot of it. Um, you know, planning and plotting of course, so that you know what to dictate when, <laughs> Planning and plotting, just, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we heard that. We all heard anything. that. I didn't say anything. Look, I'm, I'm, quote, I'm quoting my friend Chris. That's all. Mm. Okay. okay. Um, but um, where was I going? Um, 5,000 words. You're talking about 5,000 yeah. words a day. And yeah. 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 And 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 I, I interviewed Kevin J. Anderson on, on Author Stories a couple of years ago. And yeah, he tells that. He he goes on hikes and he just mm -hmm. talks into a you know a, a micro cassette recorder. I guess he's still. He, I've got the same exact one he uses. Oh really? It, it's it's definitely not as productive as his, but it did get some work done. I can just I'm I haven't heard one of his tapes, but I can imagine that that it is just pristine, you know, because he's that's just his process now for sure. That, well, that I'm I'm still working toward that i'll just put it that way mine's um, we'll see if it if it uh becomes a tool that i can truly say is in my toolkit or it's just a novelty at the it's at a the lot moment. easier in uh um really i'm sorry lawrence i i didn't mean to step on it it's, it's a lot easier transcribing than actually voice typing 
Because if yeah. like if you're like a lot of people will do the voice to text and type, um, but then you're looking at what happens on the screen and then you go back and fix it and then it doesn't say say the word and you like are repeating yourself trying to get everything done. With yeah, this, like you two different things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah. and I think voice to text is actually slower. The only time I usually voice to text is if I can't spell the word, <laughs> and then I'll like, and then I'll like whatever, click click, and then I'll say the word and 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 go through. But then if you're if you're dictating and the computer's doing it while you're you're dictating, then I see everything wrong and I've got to fix it and it doesn't work. With the transcription, the audio recording transcription, I don't see it until it comes out. So I can just talk and talk and talk. And it the thing that I took me the longest to understand, but was basically the simplest thing is it doesn't matter that you're not talking because the computer that the program that does the transcription doesn't see that as anything right so right. i can do a whole paragraph and then i can stop it, it's still going my recorder's still going i use a little like mic uh wired mic it's still recording but i'm just kind of thinking and then i can say a paragraph and then stop and think for a minute but in the transcription, it's all one wall of text. And that was the it's not biggest. It's going to be a, a hunk of dead state. Yeah, there's like a whole white, like, like nine pages of nothing. And like, what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Ian, have you tried voice dictation? I actually have not. I've always kind of felt awkward holding a tape recorder. But uh, I might have to give that a try. It's it's bizarre to begin with for sure, but but I I think when you get over, when you get your own mind out of the way, yeah. um, I, I don't know. I would I would love to just walk with Kevin J. Anderson one day. And yeah. Just you know, I don't want any. I don't want to give you any input. I just want to. I want to watch what you do. How, how do you get into that state? And you know, d- does he act out the different characters? Like when you come to dialogue, mm-hmm. that would be how, the 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 con. The, the the most complicated thing for me i think like how do i differentiate this right well it's just like it, you know it's like writing a uh writing it you don't you don't write it and differentiate in the words yeah, when uh, you write, don't, don't try different accents when you exactly. write you're looking at it you're looking at the screen right in front of you and the words are appearing so you know visually and mental space you know they're in the same place whereas if you're transcribing it you're out taking a walk or whatever and you're looking at the road you're looking at the sky you're looking at the trees and everything you're looking at something different so that's where the the disconnect is for me but the funny thing is while you guys were talking i just remembered like back in the day this was story creating it was speaking the story out loud it was storytelling Mm. Yeah. There wasn't writing. It was storytelling. 100%. So maybe that's maybe that could be a little mind trick you know, for some that could work for some people is, yeah, what you're saying, Josh, earlier, um, tell yourself the story, storytell. And yeah. uh, maybe that that can um, getting your mind away from picturing or visualizing the words and just like, I'm just going to speak it and, and tell myself a story that might help. I actually um, I would when I, when I got used to doing it, I would go out and for like the first my five minutes, I would just ask myself questions. What if I did this? Or what mm. if I did that? And I didn't care that that would come out in the transcription. Right. And so it was, I would, I would start asking myself those questions and like, what if he did this? Or what if he did that? Well, what if he did do that? And then I do paragraphs of 
just stuff. And eventually, like you're saying, Lauren, you hit that flow state of just talking to yourself about what could happen and the what could happen turns into what does happen in the story. And that transition in your mind of talking and telling yourself that, especially when you're out and no one's around and no one's listening to you um, or you know, apparently listening to you and big brothers up yeah. there somewhere doing something. But, uh, um, yeah, I had, I had really good success with it. I need to find my tape recorder again. I don't well, know maybe that's the other secret. You just tell the NSA your story. <laughs> oh yeah. And then they can transcribe it for yeah. me. Yeah. They're they've bored. Got, they've got some kind of supercomputer that does Entertain that, right? them. You know, if you install Dabble on your phone and you open up the scene that you're working on and you hit the uh, the little button there for writing and your keyboard comes up, you can hit the microphone there and Ooh. just oh, nice. it right into Dabble as you're uh, as you're doing it and it's translating what I'm saying as I'm talking. Yes. Wow. Gonna have to edit that out. No, leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be reading back over this in the morning. And go, what in the world? All right, I gotta get this on my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, just uh, Corey uh, mentioned it in chat. Uh, just press record for iOS. That's that's the app I started using uh, when I was doing transcription because the app will transcribe it for you and email you the document, so you don't actually have to have nice. Dragon. You can do the voice. Re- uh, recording on just press record and then it will transcribe it for free. It's pretty accurate. And then you can email it to yourself. Um, I like using an actual digital recorder um, because you can plug in a microphone and I can slide it in and I can also have my phone open and like do whatever I need to do. Um, but yeah, after there was one time I was in my truck dictating and I dictated for like 45 minutes and got home and opened up the app to send it to myself and it didn't transcribe anything. And I went back in and listened to the file, complete white noise for 45 minutes. It was like that scene in, uh, that scene in contact where they're like, there's uh, all this white noise when she uh, drops through the thing. And they're like, yeah, but there's like four hours of white or whatever, however many long, how many days she was gone or whatever. Yeah. So then I got a digital recorder. Man, that would so did did at least that time of talking through the scene when you actually had to go write it, then did that help because you had already kind of worked through it? No, because I was so I was so mad that I lost it. And I I I know that I had written it. And so now I'm sitting, I'm sitting here going, I need to write it exactly the way that I had it in there. And I, I, it was like a brain block of I want to write it again, but it's gonna be completely different than I already did it. And I was like, I mean, eventually it got done, but yeah, right after that I was so mad. I I I had that happen to a couple of podcasts before where we we did a whole interview and then either it didn't record or something happened to the recording. And then you're like, do you think we could do it again? Yeah. (laughs) And it's and it's never the same the second time. Right. No matter what you try, it's just it's just never the same. Uh, Sometimes maybe better, maybe well, because then you're all like, "Did I ask that question? Did yep. I ask that question again?" Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So bad, so bad. So, what, what, uh, what's your December look like going forward? Um, for me, uh, I am about what I perceive as halfway through this book. 
Um, I have a clear direction where I'm going. Um, I'm kind of at that, um, kind of the that middle tent pole um, in the story structure. I'm I'm kind of there, and I've got uh, a couple of more tent poles uh, that I that I have set that I'm writing toward before kind of my big twist going into the third act. So I, I have a clear direction where I'm going and, um, you know, hoping that that December that I can maintain the, uh, the momentum that I've gained over this, this last month and I can finish it. Um, that that's where I am going into December. Um, how do, how do y'all see your December going? Just got to keep pressing forward. I'll try Josh's trick. Try just right first thing. Just for an hour. I can do that. I can. I can. You can do it. I can do it. I don't feel guilty about it either. Really? Yeah, don't you can't feel guilty about it. No, you you're a you're a grown person. At the end of the day, you've got to own what you did and make a decision for how tomorrow's gonna be. Right. Right. It's the dad in me coming out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good story, and I have fun when I'm in it. And it's still work, right? Like, it is work. Yeah. It's just a different kind of work than you're doing on the editing stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're not doing the editing so you can, I don't know. Watch just slack off and watch YouTube videos for you know yeah. an hour. You're you're actually doing work that is growing you as a professional author. So Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the writing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me of that. Cause there was one Saturday, my dad set aside a Saturday to take Nana to a funeral so that I could stay home and work on this book all day mm-hmm. long. You know, mm-hmm. my family stepped in. And I spent hours just like staring out the window. <laughs> Uh huh. And it was very discouraging because, like, you, you know, with editing, you just you put in the time, you get pages done. It happens. Yep. I'm at two and a quarter million words. I might get two and a half million done for the year. I'm very excited about that. But that's wow. just what hard work, you know, it, it pays off. Not true. Not true with creative endeavors. <laughs> right. Necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But it still is useful work to to work at. Some days, writing is sitting and staring out the window for a couple of hours. It is true. You know, it, it's not always fingers on the keyboard, but understanding which phase you're in is, is the important part. Um, let's see. My December is, uh, is hopefully going to have the majority of – this book done i've got another project that i've got to uh well the second star project i've got to have finished by april ish um and so i i want to get uh book two book two done and then uh this other project i need to i probably need about 40 45 words on this other project before april uh, so i would like to finish up the majority of this book in december um, and in January, swap over to, to knock out this book and then go back and polish up book two and then start on book three by, uh, by February or March. So nice. Yeah. So are you publishing the series all at once or in quick succession? Is that the, the um, 
Well, so the majority of it's done. Like I've got 120,000, 130,000 words done um, that are split, that are going to be split between two or three books. We haven't really decided how we're going to split it up, but it's getting put on this app called Yonder. Um, and it's a, it's a new app that Athon has partnered with and they're doing a whole lot of other things. It's a, um, it's a read by chapter app where you, 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 uh, buy some credits, you buy some some currency on the app, and then you can read by chapter. And we've already got uh, 30 or 40 titles on the app. Um, and uh, this this project of mine, this uh, Second Star, which isn't called Second Star anymore, um, we added that to the bundle of the, the last group of stories that are getting published on the app. Um, and mine will be... Uh, the beginning of it, the beginning of it will be published in March and then it, uh, new titles, new chapters get added every week. So I don't technically have to have it done by April because there's 130,000 words it has to get through before then. So, um, I, I, but it sounds like we're going to do it as an audio book too. And if we do as an audio book too, then yes, they'll be published probably all the same time or really close to each other at the same time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Ian, what's uh, what's December looking like for you? Um, it's one of the most stressful times of the year for work, which means it's going to be one of the most fun times of the year for me to write. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm really liking where I'm at in the story right now, and I think the next uh, several scenes I'm going to write are going to probably be some of my favorites to write. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to the keyboard to hammering those out. Uh, if I could possibly get this first draft done in December, that would be amazing. Fingers crossed that we get to that point. Um, but I've decided I'm not going to worry too much about it. If I don't, I'm just having fun finally giving life to the story I've had in my head for so long. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Well, we are, um, we're taking December off from, from official challenge work. Um, and we're going to kick off another challenge the first of the year. And, uh, I think we're going to call it rewrite a novel with dabble in 60 days. So we're going to um, take these first drafts that we uh, are sitting with uh, at the first of the year and, and look at what rewriting means and, and kind of go through some of that fun process. Would, would you guys be up for um, doing a hangout like toward the end of December, just to kind of check in to see, Oh, for sure. Here we yeah. are with these yeah. books. I think that would be yeah. fun if, if y'all are up for it. Yeah, let me know. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, everybody, thank you for joining us uh, for um, for this challenge. It's been a huge motivator for me. Uh, I, I think a lot of people over in the Storycraft Cafe have really resonated with, you know, um, just there's something about joining a group and 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 having a common goal that uh, – and motivating each other that that is uh it's just fun to be a part of something you know there's it's, it's great to set goals for yourself but it's also great to be a part of something so um i hope to to keep these kinds of things going and to to keep the community camaraderie uh you know at a at a good point um anybody have anything that the that uh that you want to add or any any beef that you need to air out <laughs> here at the end? <gasps> no, I just again thanks, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me to to do the 
the challenge with you. I'm, I'm glad that you've been able to plot and plan um, not only this book, but also other things, uh, you know, more challenges and more different things that you're doing. And, and that's very, I'm very proud of you. Okay. Oh. Well, the next challenge is get Josh to write by the seat of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And Kate uh, just said, uh, so while um, still learning, at that is it okay to use the next challenge for the second half of my book absolutely use that use the next challenge to to write a first draft of a book or to uh, continue writing a book or to revise your book um, it's you know it's just a chance for us all to get to hang out together again motivate each other and talk through problems that we're having that it's been I can't tell you how valuable this has been for me to just kind of ramble about things and some some things only get unstuck when you say them out loud and you know share that burden with someone else so this has been a lot of fun for that um, thanks for leading us on this adventure oh yeah it has been my pleasure absolutely well guys we're gonna sign off for now and uh everybody stay stay connected and keep writing those books thanks hank have a good night that's our episode for today. There's so much more to come as we talk to authors about the craft of writing, but also the business of publishing. Be sure to subscribe to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. The StoryCraft Cafe is made possible by Dabble. Writing a book is challenging. Your writing tool should not be. Dabble is an easy-to-use online writing tool packed with helpful features that allow beginning novelists and published authors to create amazing stories. Visit us at dabblewriter.com and start your free trial today. Thanks for listening.